Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. Hi, this is Kara from the Special Needs Mom podcast. And this is Angela from Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms. We have this heart for Special Needs Moms. And so we thought, you know what, let's combine forces. And we have come up with what we're calling the Purge Party. And you can pretty much guess what it is. It's a party where we're going to come together and we're going to purge or in general, accomplish a goal, a small goal together. So we have set this for January 27th, starting at eight o'clock for my Pacific Coast people. Which means 11 o'clock for all of you on the East Coast. So this is an opportunity. If you have something on your to-do list that has just been stuck there and you are wanting to move it up on the list, you're wanting to tackle, maybe it's a space or an area of your home or a category in your home that has just needed a little time and attention. This is your opportunity for you to be online with us while you work and have access for us to help you answer your questions, help guide you and just serve you for those two hours. Yeah, exactly. And I think you can tell like what we've designed is just this very high level of support for that project that you just haven't been able to tackle on your own. The thing that we are envisioning is that you get to leave this purge party feeling so accomplished because you did the thing, you started the year off getting that thing done that you you were stuck on last year. And so it's a momentum builder, if you will. You can go ahead and sign up. We have a link ready for you. And we are offering this for $40 for the whole experience. Absolutely. And we hope you'll join us. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a great group of moms of special needs kids. So we all get each other. We all have an understanding of what it's like to have something on our to-do list, but just we haven't been able to tackle it yet. So I hope that you will join us. We're super excited to bring this to you and we are thrilled to work with you. All right. We'll see y'all there. Welcome listeners and happy new year. I hope that (laughs) my bracelets are jangling. I hope that you've had a good holiday, and if it was like mine, it was probably a little stressful. I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. I'm tired. It was kind of stressful this season, not because of the specific holiday, just a lot going on and things happening, and just the stressors that we have in our life right now. So I'm a little tired. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little tired. So I'm trying to come back and come out of 2023 and enter 2024 with 
a little bit more of a sense of calm, a little bit more peace in my life. I'm going to try to get some more sleep and do a few of those more basic things to help me center myself. So if that's you, I hope that you are doing the same. I hope that you are finding what you need. But I wanted to come on here at the first part of this year to talk about something that's been on my mind. Oh gosh, well, it's kind of always on my mind, not always on my mind, but it's on my mind often enough that it has been a topic I've wanted to discuss since the beginning of this podcast. And that is preparing for emergencies when you are living with a loved one with special needs, especially one with either intellectual disabilities neurodiversity or physical disabilities, it becomes even more important in an emergency that we are prepared. And I know from the little bit of research that I have done that there's a survey out that surveyed families of children with behavioral and sensory impairments and found that 85% of families, they did not have a communication plan. 40% of them did not have an emergency kit and 65% of them did not have a copy of their child's medical emergency plan. And I know those numbers seem high, but it that makes sense to me. We are busy. I don't have a written plan yet, but it is it is on my list for this month to complete. And I think that it's something that we really need to think about as caregivers and as caretakers and parents of our loved ones. And when I talk about emergencies, let's just clarify that. I am not talking about let's prepare for the end of the world. I am not a prepper in any sense I am just talking about things that are possible interruptions to our life for possibly a short period of time. So that might be an earthquake. It might be a hurricane. It might be a flood or a forest fire that is entering your neighborhood. It might be something chemical in nature in your local city or town. Now, if you are living in Kansas Obviously, I wouldn't worry too much about a hurricane. And if you are living in California, I would probably be focused more on preparing in the event of a forest fire coming into your neighborhood. Um, So be mindful of what is happening around you. And, you know, I'm just talking really about more of those weather events that are happening quite honestly more often here in Texas and Dallas in the last Several years, we have had the power go out for three days or more, probably about four or five times in the last four years. And so it has caused us to really start to think about, okay, we need to be a little bit more prepared because every single time we lose every ounce of what is in our refrigerator and our freezer after two to three days, you can't save what's in there. So that is a cost to us. And we just struggle. Our daughter struggles when we lose power and not for any medical reason, thankfully, but I know that there are some that that do have medical needs that need power. Um, but she struggles more emotionally and more mentally. It's just a, it's just an interruption into her day and her schedule, and that's stressful. So again, it's just a reason, and it's why it's it's important for us as caregivers to prepare a little bit differently when we are living with a child who has disabilities or autism, medical complexities, or even if they're just highly sensitive or have 
have some sensory processing challenges. And the reason for that is in an emergency, they might need more time to move from one place to another physically. And in an emergency, you might not have that time. So you need to be prepared. They might not be able to communicate in the same way as others or hear what is happening or even understand what is happening and things are happening fast. And so that makes it more confusing and more stressful to them. They may have trouble adjusting to the situation or they might just freeze when you need them to respond in a certain way and it just can be more challenging in that regard. And then, like I mentioned before, they may not be able to survive without specific medication or equipment if you cannot access it during that time of an emergency, whether it's a few hours or a few days or even a week or more. And because the study that I mentioned earlier, that households with people with disabilities are less likely to be prepared for a disaster, that is why I wanted to come on and just give you three quick tips on how to get started on this process. You don't have to do everything overnight. You can just start thinking about how you would be a little bit more prepared in the event of emergency. And the three tips that I have, and I'm gonna talk about them um, in detail, but first, you need to get a kit. You need to get some supplies, emergency supplies. The second is that you need to have a plan in place for you and your family in case of an emergency, what would happen? And the third is that you need to be informed. You need to be able to access information in real time so that you can make informed decisions as the emergency is happening. So let's talk about those real briefly. I'll give you some tips for each of them and you can take what you want and hopefully come up with a little bit better sense, even if you are not completely prepared, at least you have a better idea of things that you can start thinking about and hopefully share those plans with your family members. So first, getting a kit. Keeping a routine in an emergency can help your child stay calm. And so putting together some sort of kit can be a first step. That might include things like clothing and um, maybe even a stuffed animal of your child's or something that can keep them calm or a blanket of some sort. It can mean some toiletries or some uh, toiletry products that they might need, feminine products. You also want to make sure that you have enough water for one gallon per person per day. And I recommend maybe having on hand at least two to three days worth for your family. Now, if you have equipment that needs water, like a CPAP machine or something like that, that counts as extra. So make sure you include that as well. Make sure you also have a flashlight and a radio with extra batteries. Uh, a first aid kit. You might want to have a can opener and some canned goods. You might want to at least know where to grab the medications. I know that, you know, medications can be hard to come by. You don't want to just be leaving some in a kit to, you know, to expire for months at a time. So at least knowing where you can grab those quickly and easily. And then having some sort of identification card or bracelet or information that can be easily, uh, that's put into your kit, it has emergency contacts, things like that that can be helpful in that situation uh, would probably benefit you as well. 
All right. Anything else? Let's see. Um, power devices might be helpful. And then finally, um, one thing that we have looked into, we haven't pulled the trigger yet, and I don't know if we will, but is obtaining a generator for home use. And it doesn't have to power your whole home. It can maybe just power your refrigerator or some special equipment that you need. But that is involved. I get it. We have looked into it. It's not cheap. It is costly and it is time consuming to research and to install. And so that might not be in the cards, but just some food for thought if that's something that you want to investigate. So those are some items that you would want to put into your kit or at least a some sort of bag that you can grab and go. And then the water obviously would be something you could either grab or obtain if you're going to stay, if you have to shelter in place. Now, secondly, you want to make a plan. Okay, now that you have some of your supplies on hand, you want to make a plan as to what to do in an emergency. So if you are living in Florida and her and hurricanes are likely, that would be the thing I would focus on. If you are living in California or the West Coast and you are more likely to experience some sort of fire, that would be what I would focus on and preparing for something like that. But just really thinking about what you would need to be ready to keep your family safe if you have to shelter in place without power or if you have to pack up your car and evacuate immediately. Having a plan to possibly reunite your family if you're separated and um, or having a meeting place or a, a, a relative that you all can contact if you are separated and you can't use your phone, things like that. If your uh, child is not able to like learn and know important names or phone numbers or addresses, having something like that on hand in your kit and something that you can access quickly would be really helpful, I think, in an emergency. If your child has medical or other specific needs, I would be writing those down, keeping track of those and having some sort of copy of that, of their history, of their daily care plan. And that can be either electronic or written, um, but just some important information if they are with someone else and they need, that person needs to understand what their daily care is, what their medicines are, things like that. Another thing to do to help plan is teaching your child about emergency situations. It's possible to um, have like a fire alarm go off and you, um, you don't have to have your fire alarm go off, but to practice a fire drill and designate a meeting place, perhaps by the mailbox that you would all want to get to or how you would get to that. Teaching your child about 911 and what to do in an emergency uh, might be helpful. Now, I know some people that have taught their child 911 and then they start to call 911. You obviously don't want that to happen. And I will put this in the show notes. I think there's actually either an app or a number that can help you practice, that help your child practice that what, without actually tying up <laughs> the emergency number. Some other things that you can do is that you can actually call your local police or fire department or even your hospital and register your child's special needs 
if they are aware of that, if something were to happen and they were at the police station or the fire department or God forbid in the hospital, then they would have a record of that. If someone else cares for your child during part of the day, make sure the caregiver knows what to do and who to contact in an emergency. So include them in that plan. Make sure that they have an awareness of where the kit is and uh, what your family's plan is. So just keep them in the loop. And finally, the third part of this effort to be more organized in our emergency preparedness is to be informed. It's really important to know what's happening with each of your family members and have a plan if you're separated. Have a plan to be able to access information, whether that be with a hand crank or battery powered radio or extra chargers for your phone or a a cell booster in your home or something like that that would be able to increase your the possibility that you could use your phone. Just being able to kind of know um, how to get that information so that you can make up-to-date decisions, informed decisions. And when you're in an emergency, make sure that you are talking to your child about what's happening. It's important to be honest and explain the situation. And it's definitely better that your child learn about it from you rather than from, say, a TV that might be on or uh, their phone um, through social media, especially if it's not age appropriate. So just being able to explain that in a level that they can understand might be it might help their stress levels be reduced and you can just set an example with your own actions by maintaining a sense of calm even even when you're distressed i know that that can be really difficult for some of us Uh, i'm raising my hand here i know that that is hard for me but when it comes right down to it if we can think okay i have to remain calm for my child and this will help her, help him or her remain calm I think that can um, really make an impact on the ability to keep your family safe and like I mentioned before information can change quickly during an emergency so just make sure that you have access and you can watch and listen to the news so that you can make the best most informed decisions for you and for your family okay I know. I'm not trying to be all doomsday. (laughs) I don't want people to think that this is something I think about all the time. But we've just had enough situations here just in Dallas in our home where we've been like, we need to be just a little bit more prepared. And so I wanted to offer up these suggestions to you all so that if those situations come up where you lose power for three days or you have to evacuate for a short period of time and go to a friend's house or you decide to shelter in place during a hurricane, that you have some upfront planned tips and strategies so that you can make the best of that situation with your special needs loved one. I hope that this helped you. I hope it motivated you to start thinking about this and and just really get talking about it. Get talking about it with your family, not in an emotional doomsday type of way, but just a way to be honest and more prepared and and to be calmer when and if a situation arises. 
All right, you can find me here every week on Tuesdays, and we'll be bringing you more content throughout 2024, and I am excited for what this year will bring. So um, so get planning, get thinking, and let me know if you um, have any other tips that I missed or you have a, a story to tell <laughs> on emergency preparedness. I would love to hear about it. All right, I hope you get to reclaim what it is that you need this week, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.